Amen. for joining us again for another episode of The Wealth Effect with myself, Nicole Williams. We have the amazing Jason Allen John. How's it going? How's it going? How are you doing today? Good, good, good. How has your week been? Uh, my week's been exciting, exciting, exciting to say the least. Lots yes. of going on. Yes. It's a busy, busy, busy spring market. So I have a lot of uh, deals on the go. So yes. It's been a it's been a great week for that. Yes. You know, and um, you know what? And the good thing is now um, at least we're seeing some hope. You know, we're out of the stay at home order for those of us who are in Ontario. We're out of the stay at home order for some people, for some people. Right. And then I think as of this week, Peel and Toronto. Well, they're saying the 22nd. I think some of it is. Um, I think Durham's open, mm-hmm. um, Halton region. Okay. I think Niagara is in the gray zone. Uh, so I guess some light at the end some of the tunnel. Some light. The I, tunnel, so. Yes, and I think that's what I was kind of saying, you know, was at least we're, we're getting hopeful. The kids are somewhat getting back to school. So, you know, we're, we're hoping that we can get some semblance of like normality, you know, if we want to put it that way. How's the homeschool going for you? Well, thankfully, they are back in school. My kids, um, my daughter who's in high school will be going back um, next week because she's, okay. you know, in York region. But I'm telling you, it was it was something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure a lot of parents can share that experience. Yes. I know that me and I have no kids. So I wasn't able to, you know, I didn't have to deal with that. <laughs> but, um, you know, I had to deal with a lot of Zoom calls with clients where, um, I hear kids in the background, um, and yes. then just, you know, uh, work schedules and being adjusted. I've had to do a lot of late, late, late night calls with clients. I see, I yes. feel like the, usually the, the lunchtime calls that I get people that they have on break, I'm not getting that right now. Yes. So. <laughs> yes. Cause there's no time. There's no time. So you mentioned, you know, how busy you have been with, uh, the spring market and I will definitely echo the same thing. How has your clients been voting so far? Like as far as are they getting their offers accepted? Because for me, I would say, you know, I have gotten a couple clients that got their their offers accepted, but it's been, mm-hmm. you know, the massive amounts of offers, you know, like 49 for one client. Um, there was one client that had that was up against um, 35 different offers. Yeah. So it's very aggressive out there. How are your clients finding uh, it's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think right now, uh, preparation is uh, very key. Mm-hmm. Uh, being ahead of the game, uh, we're getting all these offers with no conditions of financing. So um, we got to just scramble and get things together for people right away. Yes. Um, um, but I think one thing that I've been very key on is the existing homeowners. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been trying to uh, work with a lot of people. I think we talked about a little bit about just refinancing and taking out equity and being prepared for um, any opportunities that may arise, right? Yes. I think, yes, for homeowners, for new homeowners or people looking to upgrade, it's great to be prepared, but also for people who are just really just, uh, you own your home maybe you're sitting on some equity and yeah the market looks a little hot maybe you're not interested in doing something right now but it's about action and being prepared for when those opportunities arise because you know how it is like right now if you're not ready then how are you gonna actually um mm-hmm. you know get, take advantage of those opportunities yes that's that's so key and that's the thing it's about preparing um for the moments we know the market like you know everyone is pretty much on par when they're saying that they don't see 
a slowdown mm -hmm. in what we're experiencing. The spring market technically started. I don't think we even had a winter market. Like we're just going straight in, yeah. you know? Um, and so there hasn't been any slowdown. There hasn't been any, um, you know, you know, been any opportunity for people to feel as though, okay, let me get in and see how I can do this. No, yeah. you really need to prepare yourself, right? Now more than ever, you need to prepare yourself, get organized so that even when you are facing, let's say 39 other offers, mm -hmm. you are confident in what you are able to offer and within your budget and, you know, move with confidence, you know, and then again, for those people who already own their home, it's really about looking at what we can do to maybe tap into some of the equity, taking advantage, leveraging mm -hmm. at this moment, because other opportunities may not necessarily present itself the same way that it is in today's current market. Yeah. Like it's, 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 you have to be ahead of the game. Yeah. So, um, and I think what everyone needs to be focused on mm -hmm. is what they can afford. That's because it. right now it's hard to determine what a what a house is worth. Like I it had is. a customer the other day; they bought a house in Whitby, um, in uh, twenty nineteen. Yes, for five ninety, and they just sold it for eight fifty. Like wow. these type of results, and these so they bought of, it again. Repeat that because so I think they bought I missed it. <laughs> what you just said. So they bought it for five ninety. Five ninety in, in twenty nineteen. So I did the mortgage for them, and then uh, we were just talking about some stuff and. Uh, just doing the calls. And then, you know, I was just like, uh, what did one of their neighbors sold, I think for like 790. Wow. And then they were like, um, let's, let's, uh, put it up for sale. So they put it up 850. Yes. Wow. So like that type of return on investment is crazy. And I, I personally think that's also drawing the market hysteria as well, because wow. people are coming with high down payments and, mm -hmm. uh, they're able to manage, um, you know, the ability to put down enough for that 20, 30%, whatever it is to qualify for that mortgage. That is and with crazy. the decrease in the payments, yep. like, you know, I, I was speaking with another one of my clients is like, these rates going down from last year, like 3.3 to right now, like 1.7, mm -hmm. you know, in some cases, it's almost a thousand dollars people are saving monthly. Yeah. So like, then they're like, oh, I could buy a house with a thousand dollars more. Yes. And all of a sudden that, that house you would have bought last year for 850, you may pay a million dollars because your mortgage yes. monthly payments the same. It's the same. So yep. Yep. you know it's 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 an interesting market, and I think um, you know everyone needs to be prepared. Mm -hmm. um, but it seems like our you know our guest is here. Yes. So we are so happy and excited to welcome to the Wealth Effect our the amazing Ladine Dockery. Um, Ladine, you want to say hi to the people? Hi guys, hi everybody. I'm so happy to be here. Thank so you guys happy. so much for having me. Yes, yes. That's great. Great to have you. Great to have you. And we're excited um, to just have, uh, you know, an expert like yourself at this time. I know. Um, we were just talking about people um, being ready and planning uh, to purchase a home in this crazy housing market. Yes. So what better than to have someone like yourself to discuss these topics with us, right? Uh, Ladine, do you want to perhaps give us a, you know, a bit of a bio, just a, a bit of your background. So for anyone who may be not familiar with who you are um, and what role you play in this amazing, um, you know, circle of the wealth, um, you know. <laughs> the wealth effect. The wealth effect, Yes. <laughs> Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. So again, my name is Ladine. I um, am the owner of Ladine and Co Financial Group Limited. It's basically a boutique financial consulting uh, company that just focuses on 
building wealth in the community. Um, so I started the company in 2015. Uh, I've been in the financial industry for a lot longer than that. I was in there for 13 years prior to going um, on my own and starting the company. My main objective was to really help those who don't have much financial literacy just by providing more information because I, I am a firm believer that, you know, the more that you know is the more that you do and the better you'll do as well, right? Um, whenever you see a society and they're kind of struggling financially, I, I, I put it on the advisors, to be honest. You're only as good as the advice that you get. Yes. So I, I, I said, you know what? I have to be out here making a change. There's some wonderful folks out here doing it. And I was like, you know what? We have to, I, we really have to come together and really push to create financial literacy to ensure that our people are actually participating in, in the wealth game. Yes. 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 So that makes a lot of sense. So you said you uh, you started your business, but you're in the financial service industry um, for 12 years prior to that. Um, Mm -hmm. How did you start? Like, you know, I always say, like, people don't grow up and say, I want to do finance. Yeah. (laughs) It's actually such a like interesting story because I grew up. um, I grew up. I'm very creative. So Mm -hmm. I I was. you know, going into the interior design and architecture field. And I went to the University of Toronto for architecture. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's so funny because I chose architecture because it still had that level of numbers involved in it. I'm very number um, driven. I love numbers and um, I'm very good at numbers. So I went into architecture. Um, While I was in university, I actually uh, got a job in finance. So I was going to school and also working it at, a, at one of the major banks. I ended up doing really well there and just kept getting promoted, moved around, shuffled around. So I got to know quite a bit of different, um, different sectors of the finance industry. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was really interesting to me. Upon graduation, I could not find a job within the architecture field. <laughs> and I was offered multiple jobs within the finance industry. So I ended up just going where the money was. And I was like, okay, okay. And I did get one offer in architecture, but in terms of like what they were offering versus what the finance industry was offering, I decided to go with finance. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so, but I had never had any intention of being in this industry. It just ended up being my passion and I was really good at it. So that's just where I, I ended up going. But I do see a lot of co- correlation. Mm-hmm. Excuse me if I'm just so chatty. You guys got to have- no, We love it. We love it. <laughs> jump in and like rescue yourselves from me just talking the whole time because I, I, I tend to be a little bit chatty. But in terms of um, architecture, I see it very similar to financial planning. You have to basically, it, it's all about planning. You have to see a vision afar off. You have to create a plan. And it has to be, and you have to manage the the um, creation of that plan to see the actual uh, finished product. So I, I see it very similar. It's just now that we're dealing with planning in a financial sense. Mm, I love that the correlation between the two, I would have never even like thought about that. So the fact that you even brought that to your own um, forefront it's like okay well you know what it's kind of one and the same in the sense you know the foundational pieces are the same um as you said the numbers how you um you know start with a plan and then 
seeing it to fruition, it's mm-hmm. exactly the same. And it, it's amazing, you know, to yeah, know that, 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 it's, that it's there. That I always say, because like, for example, with architectural or planning, you got to do something that doesn't even exist. Yeah. So you're kind of taking a piece of land that could be like a parking lot and turn it into a 40-story building. Correct. But it doesn't start when I see those cranes in the ground. It starts long before that. Yep. And the thing about financial planning is, and compound interest and time value of money, it's mm-hmm. about doing things early Absolutely. that will reap the benefits later. Like It's like run. you never really see things until it's like years later, but you have to plan them out. So that's, that's really interesting. And, you know, we have a, a connection there because I wanted to do architecture, but I didn't even go as far as you did. I couldn't draw a lick. So in high school, I was like, I'm going to go straight for the numbers. <laughs> so um, I, we're related. And, you know, the other thing I want to say is that it's interesting how you know, the bank is such a great place to work. I worked at the bank. I know Nicole did too. Yep, yep. But it's amazing how it sucks people in that uh, do, don't, don't, don't even ever know. want to be there and it all <laughs> end up as a banker. Right? It's so true. Because <laughs> the both of you architects, I wanted to be a lawyer and here we are, right? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> here we are. Yeah. And you know what's funny is that I wouldn't change it for the world. Like, yes. it's actually, like I'm so passionate about it. You know, I'm working alongside you amazing folks. Like you get to meet so many people who are like-minded and I wouldn't change it. I'm, I'm absolutely content and yeah. Yes, definitely. So just to kind of go into a little bit of some icebreaker questions, uh-huh. especially in the world that we're living in now, you know, um, you know, I just wanted to know what do you do to practice self-care? Because we want to give the viewers a holistic approach. So yes, money, finance, wealth building, they're all important. But when we're talking about living a wealthy life, it involves the whole circle. So again, that could be mental health, mm-hmm. um, financial health, physical health. Um, there's so many things. So how do you practice self-care in these, especially in these times? Absolutely. I'm glad that you brought this up, Nick, because <laughs> I really struggle with the self-care piece. I really try to incorporate it mm-hmm. um, as an entrepreneur, You, as you know, um, we can be stretched thin. I'm a mother, you know, I also have the business and that takes up quite a bit of, of time. Uh, but I do try to get it in. I love, um, you know, I love spa days. I'm a, I'm a girly girl at heart. I love, I love spa days, baths, those, all those things that will, you know, wind you down. I love, I, um, well, I don't love going to the gym, but I do it. <laughs> I do it because I know it's something that I have to also take care of. I yeah. like to spend um, quality time with my family. That's yeah. something that I really take, whether it's just watching a movie or, you know, playing a game or just having conversations. Mm-hmm. That's my like downtime. I, I make it a point to um, have dinner family dinner with my children and um, my partner every um every evening that's good oh wow that's amazing sit down and we have dinner together as a family we discuss the day um and these are the little moments to me that keep me balanced Mm -hmm. um you know not totally consumed with work as that can happen i love that the back to the family dinners you know i think there has been a lot of blessings throughout this, you know, pandemic. Um, and I think reconnecting with the cores of mm-hmm. what family time looks like mm-hmm. is one of the things that I'm hearing from a lot of friends, family, um, as well as clients, you know, just getting back to the basics. So sitting down, planning and carving out that time for family dinner is so key. So key. I love that. 
Yeah, I love to hear that too. Like, um, you know, you just spend a lot of time with the, what's important mm-hmm. and what's close to you. But I know I can relate to you as an entrepreneur. It's uh, it's crazy. Yeah, <laughs> to try yeah. to do all the things because we have limited time. I always say, yeah. I, like, I'm trying to bend time, like, bend time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. So, just so one other question, like to lead in, just to get a little bit to know about you, like. Mm-hmm. In order to be an entrepreneur, so obviously you're working at the bank and then you decided to go out on your own. Mm-hmm. So in order to go out on your own, just, you know, because I even myself working there, everyone's like, stay, the pension's good. Everything's <laughs> amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, why would you leave? You're on your way to executive. So yeah. there must have been something in you that realized it. So there must have been a little bit of a difference. So tell us maybe what 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 that was yes. that allowed you to become this entrepreneur you are today. Yes, absolutely. So um really what it was, was that I was seeing that I I was not fulfilled. Mm. Um, I did take, there was a small gap where I was working um, at a telecommunications company. I made a leap just in terms of management because I was hired in the management role. And I made a leap to, you know, because of, because the money, right? The money sounded good. So you make a leap. (laughs) Um, And then I just realized I was not fulfilled at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and I also, at the time, my youngest son, he was not even two, he was mm-hmm. one. And I was out quite late at night, um, working the, the job that I had. Yeah. And I just remember saying, this is not, this is not right for me. I, I know I'm great in finance. I thought I could transfer over my skills. Um, I'm really not happy with what's happening right now um and then i think what the you know the straw that kind of breaks the camel's back what really happened was my my mother um was retiring Mm. and i looked at her retirement situation what it would look like what her life would look like in retirement Mm -hmm. yeah and um here I, here I am, my mom, she's um, 60, she was 66 at the time of retirement. She had been working as a, a, a nurse full-time for her entire career, um, you know, ending up her career earning over 100000 annually and didn't have enough really for retirement. Mm-hmm. And um, I mean, she had a great pension through her work, but she just didn't, you know, know to overfund the state of her finances, it was not in a good state. She was leveraged in debt. She had a lot of things going on. I said, and I sat down with her and I said, mom, did anyone ever talk to you about your finances? And she said, no, no one's ever spoken to me ever, like ever in her whole life. She just basically just went into the bank, did whatever she thought to do herself. And, um, and then here she is now in retirement, struggling. Um, Life insurance policies weren't in order. So many things at such a late, age and I was thinking like if somebody just did this for her you know early on we you know she would never be in that situation I think that was really where I said you know what I'm actually going to just take this leap and just go out and 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 do this go back into the financial industry go back into um I I did work a little bit back in the financial industry with a, a company and mm-hmm. then I went and they still weren't interested in, in what I was interested in, which mm-hmm. was, um, I was really interested in uh, women of color. Mm-hmm. And 
I kept getting told everywhere that I was that it's, there's no money there. Why would you focus on that group? Why would you, there's no money there. That's what I was hearing from the higher ups. So I decided, you know what? I'm going to prove you guys wrong. There is money there. They just need education. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to set off on this journey to do that. Well, I love that. That sounds amazing. But we're about to go on a little a break, lady. So um, we just want to just reintroduce the show. Um, this is myself, Jason Allen John. This is The Wealth Effect. This is Nicole Williams. Um, we have Lady. This is Jamie Sparks, and you're listening to iLive Radio, changing the way you listen to radio. Hey, this is Jermaine Robbins, and you're listening to iLive Radio, changing the way you listen to radio. Yo, this is Keanu Quinn, and you're listening to iLive Radio, changing the way you listen to radio. This is Lavinia J from the UK, and you're listening to iLive Radio. Attention, all musicians, bands, associations, clubs, and organizations that represent collective styles of music across Canada. Now is the time to rebuild our collective music nation. Genres like hip-hop, R&B, jazz, soul, reggae, gospel, and more united. The Collective Music Nation is a non-profit organization committed to the development of collective music. Free memberships are available now. Collective Music Nation, one voice, strength in unity. This is Miss Care keeping you connected with your iLive 5 by 5 Brought to you by iLive Music. Sponsored by Independent Hype. And powered by The Hook Entertainment. Contribute to the conversation by using hashtag iLive 5 by 5 For the latest and greatest in soul music and more, stay tuned to iLive Radio throughout the week. Connect with our team at iLiveRadio.com or follow us at iLive Radio across social platforms. You're listening to iLive Radio. Radio. Changing the way you listen to radio. Radio. iLive Radio. Welcome back. Welcome back. Thank you for joining us another Saturday morning for The Wealth Effect with myself, Nicole Williams. We have Jason Allen John, and we are joined by the amazing Ladine Dockery of Ladine & Co. So just before we went on break, um, Ladine was giving us her, you know, her why as to how and why she really took the um, financial advisory role like super um, um, serious. personal and serious, mm-hmm. right? Through the story of her mom and the share of her mom, um, which, you know, we were both saying that we absolutely love that share because, you know, this lets us know that it wasn't just about the money because up until this point, the jobs that you were kind of propelled into were based on the money, the dollar sign, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then for you guys, it, sorry, at that point, when you decided to really take the financial industry serious, it was less about the money and yeah. more about how can I have a positive impact on the lives of my community, my family, my friends, and, you know, build out something that was greater than just yourself, which is amazing. Yeah, that's great. It's great to hear. And it's, you know, in even like for, um, you know, a woman of color to promote financial literacy in mm-hmm. our community, which is lacking. And, you know, um, it's interesting right now because I feel like, cause the way the stock market is going on and Bitcoin yes. and all this kind of news, I feel like there's everybody is trading stocks or everybody's trying to get into this financial 
uh, space. Yeah. So I'm curious to know, like, are you seeing an influx of people that are coming to you for advice? Or do you find people are just coming to you telling you like hot tips and what they're doing? Yes. Um, I, I'm seeing a lot of uh, an influx in people coming to me with advice for advice. I would say that um, it's a mix. Like I do have some people who are, you know, a little bit further along in the um, investment game. And so they're, they're a little bit more, um, more, sure of where they want to be in terms of investment, what investment vehicles they want to do. But I will say the majority of um, individuals coming in, and there is a, a huge um, interest in, in stock and in investing at the time, at the moment, which is great. I love to see this among, uh, among our people, to be honest. But um, a lot of them are coming in just asking, you know, how to get started, right? Mm -hmm. They're hearing a lot of the, um, the hype that's going on about investing they're hearing people talk about money which is an amazing thing because mm -hmm. i always encourage like open conversation about money so when people are hearing their friends um, and family saying that they're they're making this they're doing this through their investments um it triggers a lot of people to come to me to say you know hey i want to get started but i don't know where to start yes and you know what is so um not funny but it's almost like when we look back when you know, the pandemic first hit, I know it was a totally different conversation. People were panicking. People mm -hmm. were like, my goodness, let me sell, let me whatever. So the conversations you had at that point were about, you know, this is a long-term game. And mm -hmm. I know you and I discussed that. Mm -hmm. um, so how do you see the difference between when the pandemic first started to where we are now, as far as people's level and confidence in the marketplace? Absolutely. So when, when the pandemic first hit, I was just overwhelmed, bombarded by all my clients, just um, wondering, you know, what's going to happen with their funds? Like, um, should they be withdrawing? What should they do? And I just really advise them that this is temporary, right? And these things happen. It's nothing new. They, they happen. Um, as soon as, you know, there's a game changer happening, like a pandemic, a global pandemic, you're definitely going to see that affecting the market. I told them to hold on, um, just wait it out and don't pull out while you're down. Uh, we'll wait it out and, and write it through, right? And, and I'll keep a watch on it and just kind of inform you of, you know, what our options are at that time. Um, you know, I'm so glad, like, I, you know, I have these conversations with them all the time, just saying, you know, aren't we glad that we just rolled it out because the market <laughs> just rebounded so amazingly. Um, and now it's also built the confidence of the investors to understand these roller coasters, which are it's yes. absolutely normal when it comes to the market. Yes. And that's the difference between receiving advice, right? Because had you just been an order taker, which a lot of people tend to be, mm -hmm. you would cash them right out, right? And just said, okay, not a problem. I don't want to deal with the headache. I don't want to deal with trying to explain to them you know, the, the different cycles of a market, let me just cash them out. So mm -hmm. that is the difference that advice definitely will, will, will make. Absolutely, know. Nick. I'm so glad that you said that because there is this trend. A lot of times people are saying, you know, I'd like to um, save on fees. So I'm just going to do everything myself. Right. But I mean, you don't have that individual who's there looking out for your best interest. I can say, Hey, now might not be the best time to sell or, mm -hmm. you know, hold off and, um, or, or what you're, you know, maybe if you're interested in a, in a specific trend that's happening, advice can tell you that this might be a short-term trend, right? So if you are going to take advantage of it, do it for the short term, 
but people gen generally, a lot of individuals who are just getting started, they don't know when to buy, when to sell. Mm -hmm. right? so it's really good to have that advice um, that comes with having an actual an advisor. And even just someone to talk to too, because it's like, mm -hmm. if you're if you're like, you know, I've traded stock myself and I've done these things and um, you get emotional when you're watching Absolutely. stuff, and you're, you're, you're paying attention to numbers and you sometimes forget what your goals are. So, exactly. so that's the point of like some, like, like, you know, when they say like having a coach mm -hmm. or having an advisor is that we're supposed to help take that emotion out of that, that you're feeling because we know like, Hey, stay in the game. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Like, this is yes. part of the plan. Yes. You knew this was going to happen. Like it's absolutely. just that, that I, I sometimes say that we're like therapists because we're just really sitting there trying to instill confidence into our clients. So absolutely. It's, it's really, I, I think that, we provide that moral support <laughs> to people. Yeah, it's, <laughs> so yeah. true. it's so true. And I'm so glad um, that you said that, Jason, because you hit on something really important, which is financial goals, right? Mm -hmm. So that is a main thing. That is the beginning, right? What are you investing for, right? What is the purpose of this investment? And the, I think when you're really clear on the financial goal itself, then you're not as moved, right? As opposed to, oh, I just want to make money or other people are doing this. Um, yes. this financial goal is so individual to you, right? So, and so should your investing. It should be so individual to who you are, right? And what your goals are. So, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and you know what, I just wanted to touch on, yesterday I made a post on Instagram and it was just talking about, do you talk to your children about money, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. and such an overwhelming response of to that post. And I know you shared Ladine, um, you know, in the comments there. So do you speak to your children about money? And then how do parents who perhaps themselves are naive, don't really have the information, don't even know where to start themselves. Mm -hmm. How do you advise your clients that perhaps are similar to have similar conversations with their children? Yeah, absolutely. What a great question, Nick. And such an amazing post that you did yesterday. I, absolutely speak with my children about finances mm -hmm. and I grew up in a household where we did not discuss money my mother was a single mother and there was a lot it, she struggled a lot um although she shouldn't she didn't have to but she just didn't know where to turn so mm -hmm. I I I often promote you know healthy conversations about, with your children helping them to understand um you know you're giving them an advantage when you do that uh, even for me, I think I, I spoke with you. I, I, I wrote on the post, Nick, about my own daughter when yeah. I was explaining to her, she was about five and I was explaining to her um, what her what it means to be an entrepreneur. Like when you work for yourself and you're making your own money, um, you know, and you have your own hours and people are depending upon you. Mm -hmm. And she ran into her room, got a $20 bill and she said, mommy put this to the work right and i i was so blown away because she she didn't even understand that what she's saying she's saying in, she wants to invest in my company basically mm -hmm. and just just by having these conversations it gets their minds turning this is a five-year-old brain that is not even understanding what she's saying or what she's doing but in investing twenty dollars in a company you would get a return yes. as the company does, does well. So I, I promote speaking with your children. And, and if people don't know where to start, I would say 
start with their own financial literacy and their own financial education. Mm. The more that you know, it just flows easily. Um, you can speak confidently about things the more that you know. Um, mm -hmm. So I would say just finding accurate information for yourself and then you're able to transfer that down to your children. Love it. Love it. Yeah, that's amazing. Like that, all that is, is key when it comes down to it. So what is important when it comes to just, you know, starting out? Um, you know, um, I think we could focus on a couple of people, like people who do have some prior knowledge, but, you know, just like some, somebody who's like, maybe they save in the bank account, uh, they get some advice from maybe the brand. So they invest in some mutual funds or, uh, whatever is like kind of given to them, but there's no plan of action. So mm -hmm. like, like a novice investor. Yeah, like a novice yeah. investor. Say they come yeah. into your office and they just want to hear about uh, the services that you do you offer because it's not just investment advice. So no, no, so, yeah, yeah. So um, as I'm a holistic financial advisor, so what I do is I look at all aspects of your finances. So sometimes I will have clients that come in, and they're coming in, you know, for a specific reason. Mm -hmm. uh, maybe they want to attack their debt. Um, maybe they want to increase their savings or investment knowledge. Um, but I do look at every aspect. So I, I, I would suggest for a novice individual who's just looking at um, starting out wanting to get their finances in order, number one, book an appointment with an advisor that you that is trusted and that is maybe referred to you or you think that your personalities will gel. Um, that's number one, having advice is key. Uh, in, in finance. Uh, number two, like you can do it alone, don't get me wrong, but just think how further you can go with, like you were saying, Jason, a coach or somebody alongside to assist you. Uh, and then we look at everything. So I look at from uh, budgeting to debt repayment to uh, your insurances, life insurance, critical illness. These are major components of your, um, of your financial plan. Mm -hmm. And then investments. And to be honest, a lot of people are interested in investments, but investments is really high on the hierarchy of, uh, of wealth building, exactly. right? Um, the basis, you know, is a financial plan. And then from there, it should be financial protection. And then we go, we go forth. What I'm seeing is a trend in people having investments and not having the, the building blocks in place of their financial plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So like the protection piece. Yeah, the protection piece. Um, budgeting in order, debt repayment in order, right? Because it depends if you if you are investing in, and you're getting a good return, your return has to be higher than if you have if you're holding credit card debt, for example, mm -hmm. your credit, your debt is growing at a, a larger rate than your, your investments in some cases. Yeah, right. If you're not getting a higher return on your investments than your debt is growing, then you're actually not in order financially. And then the other thing that I, uh, you know, you and I have discussed this many times and, but a lot of people don't even realize that a lot of wealthy people use insurance as a tactic to build wealth. Do you want to share a little bit on that as well? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of, a lot of investments, uh, it comes down to taxation, right? So it's very important when you're thinking about an investment that you're also thinking about how that investment is going to be taxed. So that, that impact the overall amount that you made on that investment, right? If you have tax deductions or you have to pay taxes on, on uh, interest or on capital gains, then 
you know, it, it's not a true reflection when you just look at what your return was. You have to incorporate the tax. With life insurance, that is the only um, investment vehicle, well, other than the TFSA, that it's tax sheltered, mm -hmm. right? So you're growing all of your, you, you have the ability with certain life insurance policies to grow the investments um, without having to report it as, as income or, or report the earnings to the government, so it's not taxed. So a lot of wealthy people use uh, life insurance, and that's only one aspect of so many different scenarios in how you can use life insurance. But a lot of wealthy people do use life insurance to, uh, to, you know, grow their retirement funds, grow a lot, a lot of things because it's it's growing in a tax-free, sheltered state. Yeah. So you know what, where it really hit for me, um, like, like I, I always heard what you're referring to, Lady, and we've had these conversations, but where it really hit to me, where I was like, okay, well, really, this is something that the wealthy really have been utilizing is when Ted Rogers had mm -hmm. passed away. And they yeah. were saying that because of this size of his estate, mm -hmm. had his estate now had to actually pay the taxes mm -hmm. upon his death, it would have been like, I can't remember how much the tax Bill right. Wilson, mm -hmm. but it was insurance that he had set up that covered all of that yep. estate tax, you know? Absolutely. So it's even things like that, those little tactics, but these are the kinds of conversations um, and that we really need to have, mm -hmm. you know, amongst our friends, family, colleagues, you know, on a global aspect and be really in tuned with, because this is how wealth is built. Wealth yep. isn't just built by, you know, you know, just saving money in a savings account mm -hmm. or, mm -hmm. you know, perhaps just buying that one stock or mm -hmm. even maybe just buying, you know, that one piece of real estate. There's so many different components that can go into the wealth building phase. And as you start um, getting more knowledge, getting more mm -hmm. confidence, then you start adding on new layers. And that's why it is great, you know, back to what Jason has said, and you have said, it's having a, a team behind you that can help guide you. Because yes, you can do it on your own, but are you ensuring that you're covering all the bases? Absolutely. You hit it right on the head. Like, um, Ted Rogers is a prime example of wealthy needing life insurance. Um, most people that, you know, if they have uh, quite a bit of um, capital, they're saying, you know, it's okay, I don't need life insurance because I have, I, I, I could pay for my taxes myself or I can, pay. well, nobody does that, right? Nobody would actually pay out of their estate yeah. for taxes. It's a lot cheaper to use a life insurance policy to do that and keep the funds intact in the estate. Yeah. So you're bringing up an amazing point. And um, yeah, life insurance, I, I think we just are a little bit, as a whole, maybe have been a little bit behind in terms of understanding these concepts. Um, but it's definitely time to start, you know, understanding them so that we can make sure that we're, we're participating in, in the wealth that's being generated, generated in this country. Definitely. Yeah, because what I find is like a lot of people lead with the risks of things and why it's scary to do certain stuff. So like um, using life insurance or um, using leverage to increase your um, mm. your investments and stuff like that. So I find that, you know, it's just because they're like forbidden, uh, scary topics and no one mm. comes home and talks about it. It's like, I'm never yeah. sitting with my friends and like, oh, let me tell you about my life insurance. Right? It's <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like I'm yeah. sure we talk about it with our friends because yeah. we're in the industry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, generally, people don't share that type of information, right? So it's all about that plan. And like, you know, I stress to my clients, especially anybody who 
um, is starting to build wealth and they want to leave a legacy with their assets that they have to plan for what's going to happen because like it becomes a total mess i've been involved with clients with the estates a mess mm -hmm. um, and you know they don't have a will or they don't have mm -hmm. um, insurance set up mm -hmm. um, and i've also you know worked with people that unfortunately have had to deal with um you know medical issues and they didn't have the adequate insurance and sometimes it's just like that little bit of um that additional like i always tell my clients like i understand some people who don't want to buy life insurance on their properties but mm -hmm. i always say like you need some sort of critical illness or disability insurance there's nothing worse than having something and not having money to pay for it so Absolutely. if you're on your you can't work and you're on your desk, right so you're gonna go buy this massive asset you're gonna spend all this money yeah spend maybe a hundred dollars on critical illness and disability yeah. you don't want to spend it i know so, you know so it's honestly it's it's it it, 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 it mind boggles me and you know yeah personally been through a situation with my family and I remember having this discussion and it was like $30 and they didn't want to pay the 30 bucks and then they got into you know unfortunately an accident and mm. it, was the, it was hard like you gotta if you gotta go through like auto insurance to sue it's like difficult right yeah, yeah. so if you have the adequate insurance there while you're, you're still gonna do this lawsuit but like while you're waiting yeah. you know it's very important so it's all part of pillars of financial literacy and understanding like we are partners and are in order for our clients to build wealth we have to work together because it's not just about getting a mortgage and running away it's not just yeah. about getting life insurance it's all the things combined right? correct and, and that's when we talk about full a holistic wealth approach right mm -hmm. um so no i'm definitely happy for this conversation we are getting close to our next um commercial break but before we do i think we have enough time to ask so ladine are you a book or a podcast person I'm a book person. <laughs> okay. And what was the last book that you've read? Um, actually, I read, oh, okay. um, yeah, the last book uh, that I read was Gucci uh, Mane's uh, Guide to Greatness. Oh, and um, yeah, I really did enjoy that. It was in his own style. Like I could hear him speaking, yeah. but he had a lot and he had a lot of, it's not a but. And he had a lot of knowledge and a lot of um, great tidbits in there. And I, I'm really super proud to see somebody just having so many different streams of income and now adding books to his repertoire. Okay, I'm adding that uh, to my reading right, list. I, gotta look I heard it was really good. Yes. I heard the audio book is good because I think he does the audio himself. Okay. Right? So again, this is The Wealth Effect with Jason Allen John and Nicole Williams. Um, we have Ladine Dockery on the line and uh, we're going to go into a break now, but we'll be back for some more stuff. Um, you know, excited to have you on, Ladine. Yeah. Hi, this is Michonne Young and you're listening to iLive Radio, supporting independent artists from all around. This is Ronnie Sia and you're listening to iLive Radio. iLive Radio. Changing the way you Listen to radio, listen to radio, listen to radio. It goes down right here, right here on iLive Radio. Yo, this is Razan here, and you're listening to iLive Radio. Changing the way you, I, we listen to radio, 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 radio. What's up, everybody? This is Cy Smith, and you're listening to iLive Radio. Changing the way you listen to radio. My beautiful people, it's your man Tayanis. 
And right now, you got it locked to iLive Radio, changing the way you listen to radio around the world, baby. Nothing makes you look, feel, and perform better than a tailor-made suit. Just like a tailor-made suit, a mortgage is not a one-size-fits-all solution. Canadian Tailored Mortgage Solutions will customize a mortgage to perfectly suit your needs. Come and get fitted for your mortgage today at 1-877-834-9346 or reach us on the web at ctmortgagesolutions.com. COVID safety protocols are in place. Brokerage license number 13228. This is Miss Care keeping you connected with your iLive 555. Brought to you by iLive Music. Sponsored by Independent Hype. And powered by The Hook Entertainment. Contribute to the conversation by using hashtag iLive 555. For the latest and greatest in soul music and more, stay tuned to iLive Radio throughout the week. Connect with our team at iLiveRadio.com or follow us at iLive Radio across social platforms. You're listening to, you're listening to, I Live Radio. Radio, Radio. Here are some words of wisdom. Don't change your station. Don't, don't change your station. What's up? What's up? We're back. We're back. The Wealth Effect with Jason Allen John and Nicole Williams. We got Ladine Dockery on the line. So, um, Ladine, I just want to know, you know, I met you through Nicole. Yeah. But I honestly don't know how you guys met. Um, but I've seen you guys on, like, social media. You talked about your spa dates and your girly, girly stuff. And, you know, I love that. <laughs> um, you know, I'm, you know, I was raised by women. So, I, you know, I respect that. But I'm curious to know how you guys met. And, like, you know, and tell me about it. And, like, you guys work together. But, like, tell me more about it. Yes. So Ladine and I have known each other for years, it feels like, um, uh, really, really years. So I, uh, it started off with our, well, my ex-husband, Ladine's ex-husband. Yeah. I was trying to say, how should I be politically yeah. correct with this? <laughs> yeah. yeah, Ladine's ex-husband and my husband are friends. And then through that, we grew our own relationship that was outside of their friendship. Right. And, um, you know, I realized that very, really early on that we were very similar in our styles, very similar in our, um, you know, what we want to do for the community. And then when, you know, I realized that she was also a boss in her financial space, you know, and I said, like, hey, let's just work together and partner because so often clients will come to me, they're not fully ready. Um, you know, they don't know where to start. So I said, okay, well, if you can help them with, because she's really great at helping people budget, plan, mm-hmm. put savings together, you know, and then at least I can have that client in my pipeline for the next year, two years, whatever it is. And then we make them full and whole circle. And I started to realize, okay, well, you know what? Our energies are super, mm-hmm. you know, dope together. Mm-hmm. right in a nutshell that's pretty yeah. much but we've we've probably known each other maybe the maybe about 15 or so years yeah yeah so you guys basically like kind of went independent uh, were you how long were you when were you independent, we went independent so first? i i went independent first okay um before ladine did but she was already she was still in in the financial field mm. but she was still working her other job right okay, okay, so okay. when she decided now to really take it on full time um, by then I had already started, yeah. you know, independently and I was like, okay, well, this is how we can, you know, partner. And for me, it's a win-win because I am really working with somebody that I love to work with. Mm-hmm. You know, we are 
great friends um, outside of just working together. Mm -hmm. And if I can support her, she can support me. You know, it, it, it really helps to elevate both of our businesses. And from there, we've even created additional businesses, yeah. which we're going to get into today with the money boss up, right? Absolutely. So yeah. she's a boss, you're a boss, and you guys are trying to have a whole bunch of bosses. A bunch of bosses. Okay. <laughs> I love that, Jason. That's exactly what we're doing. Yes, yes. You know, because after we realized how synergistic we were mm -hmm. with one another um, and our styles were, you know, Ladine is a lot, she's, a, she's very different than I am, but mm. we're still very similar in yeah. the sense, right? Yeah. Um, you know, she's, as she said, she's a numbers person. She's really like, you know, to the T, whereas I'm a little bit more of a glossed over kind of approach. Okay. She, <laughs> you know, she's very specific with how she does things and I love it. Um, and then, you know, we had this vision of creating Money Boss Up and Ladine probably want to get into the introduction of how we did or how we came up with the idea and then the fact that we did launch it in 2018. Right. So yeah, Money Boss Up, this is our baby, Nicole and I's baby. We, um, we decided that, you know, we're so gung-ho about financial literacy. We're, we, we have a mission of, of, you know, educating the community and we had been doing that individually um, for some time. And then we said, you know what, why don't we partner up together and really focus on uh, bringing information uh, to the forefront, right? Financial literacy to the forefront. Um, we, we spoke about it and you know, we were just having a conversation and we were like, you know, I wish the thing is with our clients, like one is really good in this area. And then another client is really good in this area. And what we were saying is, you know, imagine if we could get people together that are really good in their own strengths, because sometimes it's great hearing it from your advisor or hearing it from your broker. But if you hear it from your peers, mm -hmm. what they're doing, what, what's working for them then it it creates this atmosphere of of basically winning right so we said okay let's let's get something together where we can bring others in on the conversations that we have and you know just just let this conversation flow around uh financial literacy and so we really thought about okay let's look at the building blocks mm -hmm. of financial literacy everything that you need to know the basics mm -hmm. and start yeah getting this information out to people. So yeah, that's exactly. So we've created, it's a really intimate group. So we don't like to have too many um, participants at any given time, simply because we know that we are sharing um, sensitive information for a lot of people. And we wanted to have like that kitchen table type mm. conversation. So we're always gathered around a nice big table. Now with COVID, it's going to be virtual. Um, but we sit around the table and we kind of just chop it up. You know, Ladine and I will talk about different concepts. So one um, session is about money mindset and why that is, you know, super critical to helping individuals build and formulate wealth. You know, we talk about debt management, different investment strategies. We talk about, um, uh, estate planning. Mm -hmm. um, we bring in even a lawyer who offers um, options for people to help create wills mm. and power of, uh, power of attorney. We talk about tax strategies. Nice. And I'm happy to say that this uh, going forward, we have entered, um, sorry, we're adding uh, business finance. So we always talked about business finance, but it was usually a part of a gloss over one of the other sections. Now we're creating a specific section section that will talk about business finance. And the reason for that is we are realizing that the vast majority of our past 
attendees mm-hmm. um, have all either a been in the beginning parts of their entrepreneurial journey, yeah. or they had desires to become entrepreneurs. So you know, um, we you know we're going to be adding the sixth uh, segment to our session, and I'm we're so excited. That's amazing. Like mm-hmm. I I've been watching you guys since you guys started doing it, and I, you know, I'm impressed, and yes. I love to see that um, the education going further right so i'm curious like how has the success been for your uh students that have passed through like since you guys are like what year three is it or four um so yeah cohort yes so six six cohort cohort and four year 2018 to 20 yeah so let's go back to just some of your first cohort and i'm sure it was a a rush for you guys but like have you seen anything from that 100 percent okay like i can say this with all confidence Mm -hmm. um our past students will echo what we're saying if we look back to just the first cohort okay from there we had i'm just going off of memory okay so one um student uh, went on to create massive festivals that are known globally. Okay, oh, I'm not wow. going to say anybody's names because yes, obviously privacy. of privacy, <laughs> right? Global festivals. Mm-hmm. One student um, that came in, you know, lots of debt, debt eliminated. Wow. 100% now is on the wealth building piece. Another student came in with goals of wanting to be a homeowner. So happy that we were able to do a full circle moment. She is now a homeowner, wow. her and her family. Um, we have one student that came in. He was already an investor, mm-hmm. um, but he just never had his things structured correctly. We've helped him to put in proper things into place mm-hmm. that actually now where we can say it's a viable business, mm-hmm. you know, not just mil- it's not just you know, you putting in money, but you're calling yourself an investor, but there's no yeah. cash flow, yeah. you know? Um, and this is just a few of them, you know, we, yeah. there's other amazing people that have come in and they're now holding big spaces within the Canadian sphere. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will leave that because one of them will be one of our guests and, you know, maybe she'll <laughs> share some of her experience don't, don't, as well. Um, and this is a lot of things that we've done. So, the, the, the goal of Money Boss Up wasn't just about being a rah-rah event or yeah. a rah-rah moment, because that was what Ladine and I wanted to ensure was different. Mm-hmm. There were a lot of events that were happening around the time where we created Money Boss Up that were, you know, women empowerment type of events. Yeah. You go for an afternoon, you go for high tea, you felt riled up for the day, and then it all fizzled out. So we were like, we wanted to have real tangible yeah tangible results in our students so that's why you guys spread it out and that's why we spread it out it was very strategic you know they say that it takes about 90 days of someone doing something consistent for it to become a habit so it was very strategic in us being with the with our group for at least in excess of the 90 days Mm. in addition to us meeting once a month we do have private groups where we you know have free flow of conversations throughout the month Mm -hmm. to keep people engaged we do have it's an actual full-on curriculum we have a reading list there's homework you have to do we start off by telling people an example list out all like get tell us what your net worth is go through all of your debts Mm -hmm. all of your assets let's mark it down and then we do a tracker so where you started versus where you end at the end of our session and then even a year later Ladine and I will check in just to say hey how are things going and this is why we are able to tell you with all honesty 
that our students have definitely all bossed up because we track the actual metrics. That's amazing. Right? And, and like for everybody that's out here and listening to that, like, again, it goes back to what we talked about. It's all about planning and putting together a structure in place, mm-hmm. working with the professionals to give you that blueprint and just follow something. And like, you know, you guys are onto something really good. Like I want to see it blow up or mm-hmm. boss up as we should probably <laughs> say it. Yeah. Um, but I, you know, just before we got about like four minutes left and, you know, I don't want to just, uh, always talk about the things that we're working on, but Ladine, like, tell me just some stuff that you are looking forward to, um, you know, in 2021 and beyond and, okay. and what you kind of see with um, what society and the economy and, and what you kind of, you know, forecast or, you yeah. know, I, I hate saying the word forecast because it's hard <laughs> in our industry. Yeah, exactly. you know, what, you kinda, what trends are you seeing? Maybe that's the better word. So as, you know, I think it's more of a continued trend that I think is going to happen with this, um, this interest in financial literacy. Okay. I, I feel that even, you know, after the pandemic, something has really sparked here. We've had that downtime where um, people have really been able to kind of take a stock of their finances and understand what it is that they're wanting to achieve. Mm-hmm. And I think that will continue once the pandemic is over. You know, we don't know when that will be, but once it's over, I do see that continuing to trend forward. Now, um, for Ladine and Co. Financial Group, we're looking at expansion. So really what we're looking at doing at this point is I'm focused on building out a team um, right. of advisors who are like-minded and who are also, um, you know, committed to seeing the growth mm-hmm. of, of wealth in the community. And so that we can provide advice on a larger scale and bring it more to the masses so that um, we can continue to just provide that that advice that authentic and um transparent advice (laughs) right with integrity advice with integrity um on a larger scale that's really um the goals for 2021 yes that's amazing and you know it's uh uh, we're glad to have you on yeah you guys check out nicole and nadine and the money money boss boss up up. so we are i just wanted before we do wrap up i do want to say that we are currently accepting new students into our sixth cohort we do start in march there is some early bird pricing that is available so if you do want more information check us out um on ig um at money boss up inc money boss up inc thank you (laughs) all right and you can also email us as well at info at moneybossup.com any questions that you have we're sure to answer them and we look forward to having our new um sick cohort running smoothly and having some amazing people come out of it as well yes Uh, and congratulations continued success guys and you know we just want to wrap up the show this is the wealth effect with jason allen john and nicole williams we have ladine dockery on the line and she shared so much information like check her out financial planning is key life insurance is key it's all part of the holistic financial plan and we're excited to bring you guys more episodes thank you guys happy saturday